and a mouse keep running, running and 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 running. Everybody and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is episode 426. This is the main Marvel Comics show, which is now going to be on a different day. If you are playing at home here, you'll realize, oh my goodness, this is Sunday and the main show's coming out. If you are listening, downloading it on that day, of course, but that is the start. And we've already started the new schedule that we're going to have, and I'll give it to you right here. We'll have our X-Men, the Weird Dose of X, the X-Men podcast on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, going into Thursday, we're going to have a midweek show where I will maybe be joined occasionally by people like Gabe last week, where I talk about some of the books that we quite didn't get to, some of the things that Jason isn't reading that I am, things like that. And then on Friday, we will have the Star Wars podcast with me and my man, Matt, and then Right back to what we started on Sunday night, the main podcast with me and Jason. That is the scheduling, kind of spacing out things a little better in my mind. And also for the main show, being the main big books, usually we will end up giving people time to read those before we talk about them. And then we can deal with more spoilers and things like that, which we are a spoilerific podcast, which we don't really spell out, but we are. But welcome to the show. And I'm going to be joined. By Jason in just a minute to talk about a couple of books. But before we do that, let me tell you, go over to the Twitters at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back 100%. Then go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where you can get a written reviews for a bunch of books that come out each and every week by Marvel. And then you can go to our Patreon, Patreon.com slash WeirdScience, which does help us out for everything we do here on the feed. But it's not just the Hey, give us some money to keep the lights on. Nonsense. We actually have a ton of shows, a plethora, if you will. One of the things that we usually, you know, spell out each week is the badass spotlight. And I'm going to call it something different. It's the Marvel Badass Picks of the Week spotlight. What it is is it is a Patreon exclusive episode with two books picked by the higher levels of the Patreon. If you want to go. And become a badass, the highest levels of the Get Fresh crew, beep, boop, and they get to pick what we talk about. They pick two books on a poll, and those are the books that me and Jason talk about on this Picks of the Week show each and every week. And this week, they ended up picking Iron Cat number two and Captain America, Symbol of Truth number three. And usually that podcast, we kind of have a little more loosey-goosey talk, a little more fun and whatnot. And, you know, it ends up being a little bit longer. I think that that episode was almost an hour long. So if you need more, if you want to hear more, if you want to hear those books and a lot of other things, one of the things me and my man Matt are going through on one of the shows on our Patreon right now is the Infinity Gauntlet event. So that's another Marvel thing, as well as me having a Marvel Ultimate Universe reading club where i go through the ultimate marvel stuff and a bunch of other things marvel and dc and manga and indie and cartoon and movie it's all there just go on over to patreon.com slash weird science but that's enough of the commercials here now we're going to get into this we have two books strange 
and the big amazing spider-man that i i hope that people don't get upset at me i ended up not liking it as much as i see a lot of other people liking it i just wanted more from it i thought that having a full out you know 80 pages or so of this one story by zeb wells i thought it was a bit of a misplay it's a nice enough story i think it might have been a bit over long and maybe get some people uh, some other creators and other things going on and have kind of a more of an anthology feel instead of shoving those couple page things at the end or use this 900 in the page space to really dive into what the hell happened to Peter in York, PA, the, you know, in the recent past and what's going on with Mary Jane, especially tying in the X stuff, whatever. But with all of that, let's get on with the show. All right, and I'm here with my man, Jason. What up, Jason? Not too very much, Jim. How are you this fine uh, summer day? Lovely. I am lovely. We have, uh, you know, anniversary issues galore going on in this one. We end up having, I, I don't know, this 900 issue of Spider-Man. Eh, don't hear a lot of people hyping it up. As you may know, I, I haven't been reading comics all my life, unlike some people, but I remember the 800th issue of Spider-Man. And it doesn't seem like all that long ago. I mean, we've been getting Spider-Man issues every other week yeah, for like four so years much. now. Yeah, so much. Yeah, yeah. So you end up, and, and this 900, it seems like they're like, well, we will have a thousand soon. So, because there's a weird play, and I, I, we'll talk about it when we get to it, because we're going to do that second. But I think that it could have been better served a little bit different. But here we're going to start with Strange, Strange number four. And it is by Jeb McKay, Marcelo Ferreira, uh, Roberto Poggi on inks, and Marcelo Ferreira's on art. Colors by Java Tartaglia. Hate the font on this. Letters by VCs Corey Petit. Meanwhile, Clea uh, have threats forming around her. Meanwhile, the Blasphemy Cartel gang have been targeting innocent magical refugees. They also have been resurrecting dead superhumans for their nefarious goals. Clea struck back at the cartel, decimating one of their hideouts and incurring their wrath. But there is no time for that now. A special dinner guest is about to arrive at the Sanctum Sanctorum. And it is her mother. We we knew this was coming because we saw that to the end of the last issue. But that last issue, Jim, was eight weeks ago. This this book has really been affected by the Marvel delays. I didn't even know the whole delay, but it, I, you could tell. Now, with that, I'm sitting here and I'm reading this this morning, getting ready for the podcast. Uh -huh. And we had even had on our Patreon spotlight, we talked Iron Cat, Jed McKay. And we talked on that of. Some of the things are a little stretched in his storytelling, and I ended up joking, well, I guess he's paying more attention to the Moon Knight book, which is the big sensation and the big seller and whatnot. And then I was getting ready for this, and I'm like, you know what? This strange book is so much like that Moon Knight book with the idea of her protecting kind of the neighborhood here with the, you know, that crazy little, okay. I don't know what you'd call it, that street that people are going, and the idea of this mysterious villain the yeah yeah the bizarre yeah and then you end up having this blasphemy cartel that we know nothing about and and i'm sitting here in four issues that they keep being mentioned and they do cool things but again it's kind of reminding me a little of zodiac and how we, we kind of like what is he up to and going with that and even how i just feel like it's almost the same book and it should be doing better because you know it's it's okay but I don't think people care about Clea. I don't think people care about Doctor Strange unless it's Steven. So I think that that's the uphill battle here because we're four issues in. And I just I don't I can't get a grip of this villain, the blasphemy cartel that just show up here and do some cool things. I mean, they end mm -hmm. up having a rocket launch genie that then they blow RPG, up. Then right? they have, a, a you know, 
these uh, region or whatever they say as you have Clea having some dinner with her awful mother. We learned more about the Blasphemy Cartel last issue because we saw their main headquarters. We saw their leader who was, was he nobody? Was he zero? He was, he was something like that because they all have numbers on their heads. And these I numbers still zero. don't know anything about them though. I still don't know what they're up to, what they're doing. And it just seems like this villain to be in the background to cause issues for Clea so that you could see her being badass. You said it every issue. And then in this, it's dinner up the dinner party with her mom. Yeah, we so you have, can see they're we both have two badass. things happen. This. We have at the beginning, it's like a 1950s sitcom where yeah. the mother comes to dinner. Yeah. And it's not as funny as Jed McKay thinks it is. No, it's not as funny as Bewitched. That's what I think <laughs> of it as being. Uh, but yeah, the, and then you have like that awkward dinner conversation of, an awful mother that we you, you know that she'd be you don't even have to know these characters to know that okay these people are awful they do we've this, seen yeah. this character a thousand times it's just it's not a character it's just a trope yeah and so when she says you know what you ended up and thinks that all of what Clea's done to get a hold of you know Stevens man all of the whole sorcerer supreme of Earth that she's done that you know kind of behind the scenes and she finagled things so she's proud of her for the first time i'm proud of you the, daughter like i guess clea's whole entire character arc from way back in the 60s was all just to get herself in position that's what she to thinks, be sorcerer yeah. supreme of this realm to take over the whole earth and it's that funny thing with the mother like Played oh my god day. i yeah i thought that you were nonsense but now i realize all along you were just like me and then she's like, I, I'm not. My girl was just like me. Yeah, exactly. And then they start. And so with that, though, there's not much to do here. You said it's a cliche or a trope. So you have to be attacked. The blasphemy cartel just shows up outside. And yeah, it is a cool idea to have a genie in a missile. Yeah, they have. And he's rubbing the missile in kind of a suggestive way. But they've they've written things on the missiles. Like we've seen in like the Gulf War in some places. People write, you know, this is for you, Saddam or whatever. But this one says, take that, witch. Yeah. So there you go. And it's, again, a genie. The wish is to go and attack. And it goes. And it's cool. But it's, it's he's so rubbing abrupt. The missile. That was funny. I know. It is funny. It's so abrupt, though, as they come in and blast. And then they end up blowing it up to then have this other demon yeah, come it down. It does that, mean that Jed McKay does not have to write an ending to a sitcom scene because it just it just blows up. So that's a exactly. nice, nice benefit for him. Again, it's almost like if the genie there was Clea's boss who they actually accidentally made double <laughs> plans and then right. came over oh. and, and was expecting Do we spaghetti. have enough pot roast? Yes. And that's what I'm saying. There, there's that trope. Roast. Yeah, it's always that like, oh, I can't wait to taste this world famous pot roast. <laughs> oh no, Mr. Richardson. I thought I that was it. tomorrow. I oh my the pot God. roast. <laughs> so yeah, I have all that. It, it looks cool. This book looks great. Very quick read. But then all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, we're being attacked. It's a blasphemy cartel. They brought something new to bear. And then all of, all of a sudden you have Shadow Knight who comes in and they're yelling, oh, my God, I think it's a revenant. Why is nobody saying, why does that look like Moon Knight? It's uh, it's Mark's brother who who kind of went kooky. It's uh, It was a bad guy. He's been killed and reanimated a couple times already. He went nuts because uh, Mark had to kill him. Yeah, you're, you're basic, you know, bad brother. And I don't guy. know what Clea knows or what her mom knows, but when Clea says, well, this isn't a hero like Thunderstrike was, so I got to figure. But how do you know that? I mean, in my mind, does she know specifically that this is Mark's brother? 
this whole deal. I mean, he kind of says no, his name there. I think she there, just but senses it through her yeah, magical powers. You could have actually pushed people towards knowing the character a little. Like, oh my God, I know who this is or whatnot. Or, it's just weird to have this. Yeah, I just you just have to Google Fandom Shadow Knight. But That's it was just like Thunderstrike before. It really doesn't mean much. It just ends up happening. And you get to see Clea and her mom fight together. You get to see some spells. There's some badassery going on. It's okay. All in all, there's not much of a progression of this book. And I want to know more about the Blasphemy Cartel. And it's funny because remember at the one point with Moon Knight, I was upset because we were doing little like one and done. So here's Sweaty Janet or here's that. But that's typical for the Moon Knight book. They do that. And that was more creative too, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was I a different, so too. a different Moon Knight kind of. This is we already know the Blasphemy Cartel wants to get her. Yeah, we saw that last time. We see it again this time, and we don't. The, the story's at the same place as it was at the yeah, end of the last issue. That's my biggest problem. Eight weeks ago. Yeah, eight weeks ago, and you even said we had an issue. And I, the main issue for this, we, I forgot that it was what's it called, Amazing Spider-Man nine hundred. That it was yeah, ninety like pages, ninety pages. Yeah. So I started going, and I, I and started most of that first is the main Venom. story. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'll talk about in a minute. But I ended up where I saw Venom, I looked, I'm like, yeah, I think we're going to just do Spider-Man. We'll skip Venom for this week. And then you said, really, it just does. It does the same thing. Yeah, we see scenes we've already seen, but from a different viewpoint and not really a lot of insight. Books are being delayed, especially at Marvel. They have a problem with a paper shortage, things like that. If you know that, I know that that shouldn't really affect things but maybe it should maybe you should start thinking my book may be delayed for a month or two i have to come swinging it's one of those situations especially venom i think where it might read better when you've got it, the whole it probably trade, will in read and trade yeah because you read now this one here's what's going to happen say this book comes out the next issue comes back in a month two months whatever what is going to happen if you said to me hey do you remember what happened last issue i would say yeah remember crazy dinner party that got there's not much to say my synopsis of it will be oh remember she was having dinner with her mom and it got interrupted by the blasphemy cartel that shows me right now that nothing happened they really didn't the next issue of strange is supposed to come out in september september 21st that'll be uh two months yeah two months so i actually was like well it's almost august but yeah, so there you go. It's going to be delayed now. You're going to go through now almost four months because of the two and now the two X with not much going on. And this book, I do think, is a decent book. I think Jeb McKay has some you know, things going on. He has yeah. some mojo going Remember, on with this I, book. But- I really like the idea of Doctor Strange or the, the Sorcerer Supreme having this new character, the Faltine. Yeah. Yeah, she's not it. human. She likes, she's, you know, has a short fuse. She th- she doesn't act the same way, and I think that's fun. But we don't. That doesn't even really happen here because no. she does the same kind of things that Doctor Strange would do. And you end up having her mom, who I think that Jim McKay might think, well, we have to see what a Faltine would really do. But it's nothing different or yeah, no. And it's the thing the same is that thing. the mom can't change back into Faltine form. That happened, I guess, when Clea was born, and I think that's never been changed. So that's why we don't. We never see her go with a full. You know, Dormammu head looking character. So we just end up having, you know, them fight. And then you end up having Clea use her head a little. And, hey, I'm going to attack you with this monster that you attacked me with. We're going to go down and get this Moon Knight deal going down. And then at the end, you're just left with what you had before, really. You end up there with everybody being taken care of. The Blasphemy Cartel being defeated, at least for now, in this little deal and it's a mother-daughter kind of connection. And then mm-hmm. you have the Harvestmen show up at the end. I'm like, 
come on, we can't have these things just meander and not give us a progression of this harvestman. The idea of also the blasphemy cartel, you're not really giving us a lot here. It and does say delayed. to be concluded, but it's not concluded in the whole book. It's just the arc. I, I went to look it up because I thought, oh, maybe it's all done. I hate but when it they do But it seems like next time, because we've had Thunderstrike come back, mm-hmm. we've had Shadow Knight come back. At least from the preview, it looks like they're hinting the next one to be brought back will be Stephen Strange. Yeah, so Stephen will come back, but in a bad way. You see him there. Dead's better, you know, that sort of deal. But the idea of Thunderstrike coming back, it it seemed like it should have been a bigger deal, and it really wasn't. And then you have this where it's not really that big a deal. So Stephen coming back, I'm like, It does feel like McKay had a chat with an editor and said, okay, what dead characters are not being used that I can I can just have throw away for one issue fights. And they said, well, th- Thunderstrike, nobody cares about Thunderstrike. And Shadow Knight, what? Okay. Who the hell heard of that guy? And yeah. then you'll have Steven and this, it'll be the idea of Clea then having to fight Steven as this Revenant deal. And will she be able to change him back to himself? Will she be able to kind of, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm not that interested in it right now because we're just meandering. Like I said, we're, we're going. And most of the time you said, and you you spelled it out. You were hinging on a bunch of it of being, yeah, Clea's badass. It's pretty cool. You know, we saw a badass. And this one, she's just Doctor Strange stuff. So I don't know. It looks great. But overall, I think that this book needs something because I'm afraid that most people need something to keep going with this because it isn't, Stephen. It is Clea. Maybe, you know, it's kind of meandering, I'm afraid. But what would you give it? Yeah, it had some. I think that it looks really cool. I think that the the fights were, were, were neat looking. I want to see where it goes forward. I want to know more about this blasphemy cartel because they seem like a, a neat organization. They have some but, neat stuff going on, right? Yeah. Rocket Propelled Genie, I think, is a clever That's idea. That's really cool. Like, that almost seems like you're doing a uh, a Darth Maul or Boba Fett. That should have been bigger. It should have had more of an oof. And you did it, and then it was blown, right? You're like, We oh. saw Clea release back out a, a, uh, a demon that she had captured in a previous issue. That's okay. That kind of That's nice to see. But yeah, it just, it doesn't. It doesn't advance the story as much as I like it to see, so I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 5.5. I, I do like this book, and we really like The Death of Doctor Strange. We were one of the few that I saw even covering it, and it led into this, so we were excited about it, and I still like it. It's just I'm at that point where I was kind of with Moon Knight, but less than, because Moon Knight was really good. But even then I said, I want to get going. The individual stories from Moon Knight I thought were more interesting than the individual one-off stories But I still wanted more progression, and now I'm here wanting more progression of this. And like you said, I don't really have Sweaty Janitor to, to lean back on, which, you know, everybody wants oh, to lean back on. Oh, the halcyon days of Sweaty Janitor. Sweaty Janitor. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, 5.5, 5, but we're going to move on to the big book of the week. And what is that, Jason? This is Amazing Spider-Man number 900. Anniversary. It is anniversary issue, and there's really no blurb. We just get that it's written by, of course, Zeb Wells, at least the main story, penciled by Ed McGinnis, inked by a whole bunch of people, Mark Morales, Ed McGinnis, Wade Von Grawbadger, best name in comics, and Cliff Rathburn. I guess if you're making like 80 pages of a story, you need a couple inkers. Colored by Marcio Menez, Dijo Lima, and Eric Arcienega. And letters by VC Show Carmania at the end. And and so when you do have that, like you said, this wasn't delayed, I guess. And that's why you have all those people. And they looks great. I mean, the issue itself looks great. It might be a little cartoony at points for some people. But here again, I hate to start with, here's my problem. Because of the idea, you know, I like what, what grinds your gears, Jim, what grinds know. my gears. And I Stop like holding this. back. I don't think that there's anything wrong with this issue. I think it's a nice issue. 
You tell a little story. I think that maybe Zeb Wells, almost like you said with Jeb McKay at points, might think he's a little too clever and he's not. It's like one of those where you kind of can see what the story's getting to by the end and then the payoff. Oh, I see what Peter Parker is. I see who Spider-Man yeah. is. But it's more about the heart and the family. Like, this is very cliched. It's clear he's trying to have it be kind of in the current continuity, at least not contradicting current continuity. But also he wants this to be a standalone story that somebody five, ten years from now can read all on its own without having to worry about, oh, the beyond and Peter Parker did something awful. And you don't need to know any of that to read this story. Because this links back, it does link back to issue number one of this run, but just to that post credit scene where we had Doc Ock being captured by somebody yeah, we thought was, was an alien. Yeah, and so- with that, if you read it later on, you probably, oh, this must be one of those eras the deal where MJ wasn't around because she is not. But yeah, it's conspicuously absent because you couldn't you couldn't put her in this no. issue without either that saying, really well, screw it's it out of continuity or, yeah, it's setting it. It would, it would tie it too much, too much to specific. My problem mm-hmm. here with this is just that this main story could have been 25 pages long. You wouldn't have any difference in the story. And then get these other writers that you had, and maybe even a couple more, have them actually write 10-page stories, 8-page stories. Have what? something of substance, because when that, we get to that more other More that deal, Jimmy Kimmel story? No, that's what I'm saying. That's why you get that <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel nonsense, because they didn't have enough room at the end. This doesn't need to be 70 pages or whatever it is. You keep saying the same thing. At one point, you just keep having what, again, Zeb Wells must think it's really clever to have the you know, combined deal of the sinister sit. We've seen this before. They even play with the idea that we have in this. So it's kind of goofy to keep going and going and going with it. And the idea that there's a birthday party for Peter and he ends up showing on time, which is early for Peter. That's kind of funny. Yeah, that was cool. They're, they're all so shocked that he shows up on time. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's like you, you, you showed up at the wrong time. What? I showed up on time. Yeah, that's not good for you. Yeah, it even says in the title, 3 p.m. sharp. Yeah, yeah, so he gets there. But then you have other things like Anna's only there because Doc Ock will be in this issue, and she has to have her couple quips about Doc Ock. That felt weird. Everything else was okay, but you have like a Mockingbird and Black Cat having a little bit of a, you know, little cat fight over Peter, things like that. which is weird because they're both after uh, Peter's bot, it seems, which... And they've dated in the past, so you have that idea of them dating in the past. But again, like you said, it has to be the idea of this is a timeless deal. We can read it down the line, but I don't think it's good or clever enough to actually be something that people would be really impressed. And the length of it, and in my mind, if I'm there and I'm Seb Wells and you're like, well, I have this story. It's not that great, but I think I'll extend it or they'll have extended to me. Are you going to reprint this at any point in some anthology book down the line of greatest stories? Because it's going to overtake the whole book at this length. Yeah, it is. It is a 70 page. Yeah, story. make it a tight 25 page. You really don't need that many pages. You end up having the love affair of Peter and the tentacles. It was OK. Funny enough. That yeah. was funny, but it just keeps going. You end up at the beginning where Jay Jonah shows up. And he's got, you know, captured by the tentacles that are bringing him to this party deal. And then Peter doesn't know what's happening. And you get a bit of a, you know, action scene fight. But yeah, I think that that one splash page of uh, Jonah busting through the wall with the, the arms on, I thought that oh, was everything a cool looking... looks great. I, I think everything pretty much looks yeah. really spot and, on. And McGinnis looks terrific in this. Oh, yeah. We get to what would normally be a regular size issue. And what we've had up to that point is, oh, my God, Peter, you ruined your party. 
uh-oh, J. Jonah, and then the tentacles, yep, you know, bashing help into a wall. Nothing, ha- like, everything is extended. Everything's going out, and then you have the jokes of J. Jonah. Everybody get the hell out of here. Get Party's over. Get out of here. Like, oh, my God, I don't know why I'm getting out. And Aunt May's there to kind of ruin J. Jonah's little deal. But it's it's just, it keeps going. It, it's nothing clever. It's nothing new. And in the beginning, it even starts out with this introduction of all of this going on. And were you interested at all? With anything with this villain, because I was not. It just I was, it was there it was to fairly do interesting. it. It's I, the I, living brain, which links back to issue number eight of the original, original, you know, the, the Stan and Steve Amazing Spider-Man. And it, it, that was the question. I mean, this this guy brought the living brain into the high school and all the kids were so excited and said, what are we going to ask it? If it has the right information, can it answer any question? So they asked it, who is Spider-Man? And it, it gave back a numerical answer that was apparently in code. And that is the same number that we see a little bit later on in this book. But I get, I mean, that's clearly the the start that, that Zeb Wells got the story from. Who is Spider-Man? Yeah, and that's what it is. Who is Spider-Man? And then by the end, we get that, well, Spider-Man's more than just a man. Or yes, he's we're, this and that. we're led to believe for the first 65 pages or whatever that he's looking for a secret identity, right? Who is him? Is, you know, is he John Smith? Is he Bruce Wayne? Who is he? But it turns out that the living brain, spoiler, already knew it was Peter Parker. Already knew when Peter Parker's birthday was. He wanted to know who's the like the who who is he? What makes him him? Yeah, what you know, makes just him like tick. What, right? Just like we'd see for a Superman, right? What makes Superman Superman? Well, it's it's not his powers. It's his love. Well, it's and his that's sacrifice. what I think the end where I said it's not interesting to me because that's what it ends up being. We've seen this with every single character uh, uh, ad nauseum. So it it's is a the nice, obvious answer. It's a nice idea for this anniversary deal, but again, not a seventy-page deal. Because then you end up where Peter, he goes off to save Doc because that's the deal. And I thought that was kind of cool. The tentacles go to get Peter to help save Doc. Now, why would uh, Spider-Man save Doc Ock? Because Spider-Man's good. He's a good dude. This is part of the living brain trying to figure things out as well. Like, oh, my God, why would he come there? In the meantime, you do end up having living brain who's in his, you know, body, his android body comes and gets all the people that were at the party, put them in a spaceship, take them back to a facility so that he can interrogate them about who Spider-Man is and what makes him tick. And then you just end up where the clever part of this, I think that Wells thinks is this amalgam Sinister Six, where you have all of them in this body. And the I don't adaptoid. Even, yeah, yes. And the adaptoid has the super adaptoid has it at this point. I didn't even think the design was that great. I, I like the deal of it. You look at it, you have a little piece of each one, but it's not something that I would say, oh my God, you have to see this. No, we don't We don't need to buy the figure for this. I, I do think it's clever that all the lines it says are actual old Stan Lee lines written for all these villains from back in the day. Yep, I thought that was kind of cool. That's cool, but that's more like, okay, he did his research he kind of put that in, but it didn't make the story any bit better or flowing. Again, I said, it's a nice enough story. I would tell people, if you really like Spider-Man, yeah, go get this. This is fine. You end up having some fun little moments or whatnot, but it just didn't have like the the spark. If we were talking about stuff like the Iron Cat book, and it's funny to, I'm not saying one is better or the other or more important whatnot, but we said like that book didn't feel like it had a spark to it. And this just felt like, Oh, it's issue 900. We got to do something bigger. Let's throw this story. Let's extend it and then get to the end where, hey, get this. Spider-Man's a good guy. 
And Peter Parker is a great guy as well. And that's how we go. And it's nice to have in a weird way having this because you, you have everybody hating him in the regular run right now. So maybe this is even Zeb Wells like, look, I told you, I don't hate Spider-Man. That's part of that story. But yeah, you go and you get the Sinister Six and eventually they're going to fight with each other. They're going to end up and it's almost like the that does not compute moment where they're going to break right. apart. It's, this. it's just like when you have a group of villains, the reason they lose is because they fight among themselves. But this one, we have them all in one body and then it literally rips itself to pieces and defeats itself. It defeats itself. But in that, you then get the real villains because they're actually at the facility. They get, And then they start attacking and then you almost have the same tropes. I mean, you end up having, oh no, Mysterio, why'd you do the gas? We have that twice. You end up having Sam and, oh my God, I was a beach. Okay, we get that twice. It just ended up just feeling like it was like an assignment for Zeb Wells than something that really felt. I laughed at the Sandman thing because last time we saw him, it was the uh, the Chip Zdarsky story where he he turned into a beach beach. and it was some kind of cool. I mean, that's funny stuff. And if you've read some of the things, yeah, you're going to go. How this is in continuity, but not in continuity because he doesn't even know where the hell he came from. He doesn't know what's up. He's not really in on the whole kill Spider Man thing. He's just confused. He he thought it was a sandcastle. Yeah, exactly. And so when you have this, like, there you go. That's what you have there. But why not get Chip Zdarsky to tell a five-page, eight-page story for this instead of just having that one joke twice? End up where you end up at the back. You have a Dan slot. He's going to be going on this other Spider-Man book coming up. Extend that a little. Give him a time to have some story because you have almost 90 pages you don't need 70 for this. I think that even if it was 50. At, at the at the point where Spider-Man wakes up again after being beat up by the adaptoid, the living brain is horrified and terrified and says, Ooh, oh no, step on him, get him. And I don't know why he does that. Why is he so scared of Spider-Man? Uh, uh, I don't know, but I'm saying that he's pretty sus because when you have Randall Stephen Petty, the scientist that you end up having him do the brain mm-hmm. at one point, he's like behind him and he says, now he's an input. And I'm like, oh, boy, this has gone weird. But you end up having oh, no. just weird stuff here. Like I said, and I, I, if you told me that Zeb Wells was on this, he's on the regular run, and he had 70 pages, I would have thought, oh, my God, we're going to find out what happened in York, Pennsylvania. We're going to see some things that will actually make. I know what you're saying about it being it's not, yeah, a timeless deal, but that. I mean, there's not really much to say about it. They end up where Spidey ends up being Spidey. The villains take themselves down. And then they end up and, you know, you get the whole deal. It always hinges on Ock. I'm the one leading here and I'm going to take you down. But also right. you end up having the tentacles jump in a bunch and of every times. Every time I save. see Ock, it, it just reminds me of how much I miss the old Ock that got destroyed after Superior's we'll Octopus. See. Yeah, we'll see what's going down. And yeah, so at the end, you have really two really good pages. When you end up having the villains break out and have to team up with Spidey and then you get the spread page. Of all of them attacking, destroying mm-hmm. the about those are awesome. Those look incredible. Uh, but you know, and and it's fun. The hey, we're going to team up here, but we're not going to be friends, and we're going to. But then by the end, they just kind of take down the deal, and Peter has to watch out because you see the living brain knows Peter's identity and says that as they are again, these these heroes need to do something more than just trapping AIs and brains here because they we had it in the Iron Cat deal. These things always get out. They'll always be back to do things, whatnot. But yeah, as Peter is unplugging the deal, he's like, hey, Peter, you know, I found out, I figured out what you really are about. And it's a nice little moment. Um, But yeah, he ends up yanking the cord and then going back and making out with the black cat. 
And it's weird too because that it's a was birthday. a surprise. And it's a birthday. I thought it was like a Valentine's Day thing, even with that that pink font and whatnot. Right, and it's it's not like a little a birthday kiss peck on the cheek. They're uh, they're really going for it. So I'm curious to see if this gets picked up in the continuing Zeb Wells continuity, because we've seen Black Cat, you know, hanging around with Pete, kind of checking up on him, but we haven't seen this going on, so And also, you might end up having Doc Ock's tentacles there, the love triangle. We got like the manga going on. I can't decide, because we see the tentacle with the hearts, if it's saying, oh, good for him, or if it's saying, oh, no, he's my man. Like, you could have it go after Black Cat in a story that was like jealousy of that, but- Looks like it's happy. Are, are, with are it. these tentacles thinking about Black Cat the way I'm thinking about Gabe? You know, taking my spot exactly. Or you have where it's listening, and it says because you end up having Black Cat say, "We're done here," and then maybe it's like, "Oh, that's good. They're done. They're breaking up." Oh, the hearts. But I don't know. I I am curious to see if they're going to be in some sort of a relationship in the next few issues. The MJ stands will not be happy. No, with they're going to be pissed, page. and you haven't gotten <laughs> crap. But you go then to. These backup stories, they're fine. But again, Oof. you're doing this. Well, Why not they, get better they, stories? Though? I'm just saying, and nobody's going to even care. But it was that first story that good that you can then throw bull crap in here because the one is just you end up having Peter and he wants to return his library book. Kibble Smith doing his Kibble Smith jokes. And that's all it is. It's just a setup for a whole page of all the books that Peter Parker would have taken out. And to we be know why to all he various, would, but she yeah. doesn't. And then she asked him, hey, let's go on a date. Then you get the next deal where it is a Jimmy Kimmel deal. Oh, my God. Uh, seriously. Please, I wanted I wanted to punch the screen. I'm reading it on a tablet. I wanted to punch it. I'm like, what? What do you owe Jimmy? Does he have pictures? I mean, this is ridiculous. It seems like a desperate attempt to get mentioned on the TV. Yeah, really. If I'm Jimmy That's Kimmel, I'm is. like, this is bull crap. I mean, why? Why are you doing this? This is it's it's actually cringeworthy of what is going on in this and that's what you go yeah, for this, this 900 Jeff Love story. Yeah, he could get out of town. Take this out. like again, that this is part of this anniversary deal that we're supposed to think is such a big deal and at the back end of it, you put a bunch of bull crap because then you get Dan Slott in a nice little one page, but it doesn't do anything. It's nothing. I mean, I figure they must have said, yeah, we got to put Dan Slott in here, give him a page, and all it is is a, a back in the day teenage Peter who Asked Betty Brant out to the prom, but you'll never, you'll never guess, Jim. He can't pick her up on time because the Green Goblin was around, and then the bullies make fun of him, and they make fun of him. Hey there, Parker. I guess that's your date. As he came home, and Aunt May's there, and he's like, "I wouldn't ask for a better date, jerks." And they're like, "That's really weird. That's your old aunt, dude." And then, yeah, that's it. It's supposed to be nice to go. Oh, look at that. He loves the Aunt Mace. I'm like, yeah, I think I know them. And she looks just as old back then as she does at the birthday party. <laughs> Hasn't aged a day. The it's Aunt one May. of those things with her. Yeah, she might not be the best looking lady, but she maintains. She was 95 then and she's 95 oh, exactly. now. Exactly. And 95, I think she was 308. They asked her to act her age and she <laughs> died. And then Peter had to make a deal with Mephisto. There you go. There's the end of the joke. <laughs> But yeah, see, so you end up here with just nonsense. I, I don't mind it because it's, you know what you're going to get going in. I just thought we should have gotten a lot better. I thought that most of and we've dealt with a lot of these anniversary issues and DC and Marvel. And you, you, you have a formula you do. You usually, and the backups were nothing in the story. I said, 
The story is a the cleverness of the story is a 25 page story. In my mind, you didn't have to meander. You could have had the whole things with it where, oh, my God, the living brain. He knows might know my identity is going. You're carkening back to issue eight or nine that you said. And that was okay. But you spend just, you know, hey, I'm doing this. And I'm, I just I didn't get it. I didn't get why they went with this you know, extended deal. So with that, I'm going to go for, I'll give it a six, five. Maybe I could go to a seven because the art is incredible. It really is good. Um, But I would have rather have had five different, you know, people and some of the, mm-hmm. old, like you said, Chip Sadarsky, Dan Slott's there, but give him a little more than just, oh, Aunt May, you're my gal. Or get, get some Ryan Otley art in here, some other spider Bagley artists. art, you know, you could yeah. have all these different guys and other writers who ended up doing it or have some surprise deals that they would say, like, all of a sudden, Tom Holland. You want to get Kevin Feige at the end, have Tom Holland pen one up with Zendaya. They can end up having a quick little Ugh. story, and it would be kind of funny. But it didn't have any real feel. It felt to me like, well, 900 isn't 1,000. We're going to hold back a bit. 1,000 will go big time. Yeah, that'll, that'll probably be, be 800 year. pages, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that that might be the idea. Like, let's not go too far over top with this. But uh, what would you give it? Yeah, I think I like the story. I definitely like the story more than you did. I, I thought the clever bits were, were interesting enough. I liked the little dialogue trick. I thought that the heartwarming thing of, oh, this is this is what who Spider-Man really is. I thought that was nice enough. I like the callback to the living brain. I don't think it was worth the 10 bucks, but I don't I don't really consider that when I'm giving the score. So I'm going to give this, I almost want to give it an eight, but nah, the backups definitely drag it down. Call it a 7.8. I guess maybe I should have a disclaimer. I don't like these sort of issues anyway. I always think of them as a waste. I think of them as a money cash grab, which they are. So I need to have something a little more to tell me, oh my God, they really thought this through. Oh my God, they really wanted to do this or whatnot. And this just felt like, do you have a side story that we can stretch? And then, hey, you like the Jimmy Kimmels? I'm like, what are we going to have next? I, what, what do we have, a Daredevil thing coming out? Can Jimmy Fallon be in that one? Is there a possibility <sighs> that we can have like all of these schmucks? I just don't get it. <laughs> I like Jimmy Kimmel. He's fine. But when he said, I'm like, yeah, get out of my funny books, Jimmy. I don't need this. I don't need you. And I wonder if he did mention. I wonder if he even knew it. Like he had to have. But I wonder what he thought about it. Like, hey, honey, I'm in the I'm in the Spider-Man's. Oh, my goodness gracious. The last thing I saw was like that where I uh, ended up was the uh, Jeremy Lin was in a couple issues in a row of the totally awesome Hulk. And I'm like, come on, Jeremy, get out of this book. It was like three issues in a row. Get out of here. Oh, Lin's sanity. But then you even have that, like even back in the day at the West Coast Avengers, they were on Letterman, I believe it was at that point. It was even when you read it now, I'm rolling my eyes. And also in that where, hey there, Jimmy, I'm more of a Letterman fan. I'm like, why are you throwing shade at Jimmy at his own deal here? Seriously, but that is that. Screw that. Oh, now my score. Maybe my score will go up because it make me giggle. But that is that. What is your book of the week? Well, my book of the week is uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 900. Yeah, I think that mine <laughs> of the things we did. Uh, yeah, I guess that's mine as well. But it's something that you should pick up. It's a 900 deal and, and go grab it. It's 10 bucks, though. What is your cover of the week? My cover of the week was going to be Venom number nine, okay, which again, they always that. have great covers by Brian Hitch. And if we're not going to do that... The the strange number four cover by Lee Garbutt is also. Quite I like strange. the Venom one too. I looked through the covers. I'm like, that's a pretty good cover. So, but the the strange one is good as well. But that is that. So we're done, everybody. 
And yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed this. If you want to go and check us out, go to the Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us, we'll follow you back. Then go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and then check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you can get our weekly spotlight. Me and Jason ended up over there doing the current issue Iron, what was it, Iron Cat 3? Was it or two? Yes, Iron 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 Cat two. Yeah, it was, and then we also did the Sam Wilson Cat book that we did not like. So if you want to hear us, which you know we yell, wish had been delayed. yeah, yell about that, you can go and listen to that. But that's it. So everybody, thank you. And Jason, what do we say at the end of the podcast? Have a great week. We keep it weird, weird, and we will see you in seven. See you in seven. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. <laughs> Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.